0: Delgate live here from Indianapolis at the combine. Excited to be back, man! I was talking to some other media on the way in, and this was the last like marquee event we were at before COVID hit. It was in February of 2020, the big like event where like everything was normal, quote unquote normal. And now coming back here and being in the same like we were like literally in the same spot like that time last year. It's kind of kind of wild that we're back in Indianapolis.
1: So this is obviously kind of a tangent, but that was so that was obviously the last the last event before COVID. I remember we were at Brothers. We did Trivia Brothers, we won, no big deal. PFF crew. But Michael Ayers, who is, you uh, social here at PFF, is like, freaking out about COVID. Like, Mm -hmm. has heard, like, the rumors or whatever coming out of China. I'm like, dude, it's not going to be shit. I'm just like, I'm like, there's no way it's anything. Uh, Now, here we are. Uh, I was talking to some people. It's like,
0: even if it it hits, you know, the United States, it'll probably be, you know, probably done by March. We'll get out of it. Like, what are the
1: chances? Jeez, jeez.
0: Well, we are back. We're back in Indianapolis. Excited. We're going to do some reactions to Mel Kiper Jr.'s latest mock draft. It's been all the buzz since I've been down here. He's got a new guy going number one overall. It's the second time we've seen a major draft. Analysts put this guy number one overall also going to do some smaller reactions to Dan jeremiah's latest big board definitely capturing what he's hearing and what he's hearing from NFL players i think a lot of a lot of those major analysts kind of talking about what they're hearing now and at the back end you're going to pro- project some prop lines for these guys there's no props out on the combine yet Blame on drafting so mike renner made up some props himself and then a uh, delete the tweet and general rational prospect bracket as we go excited to start let's start with this mock draft here he yep. has Ike Equanu of NC State going number one overall. It's the second time we've seen him mocked Mistake. number one overall. Dane Brugler, who I think is Mistake. sitting right over there. Dane Brugler also mocked Ike Equanu number one overall. And I'm talking to other people and it's like it's him or Neil. Him or Neil, him or Neil, him or Neil. That's why I'm you talking
1: to that saying that. Like, other not media. to say they're not okay, other media. I'm just saying. So you're saying Mel Kuiper's off? That, I'm not saying that they're are you off. saying Dan Brugler's I'm off? I'm saying the Jags are off if they do that. Really? That's who I'm saying is off. The Jags are off if they draft Icky Kwanu number one overall. It's not to say Icky Kwanu can't be good and won't be good. I mean, I wouldn't put a guy sixth overall in the PFF draft board. I didn't think he was going to be damn good. It's that I think it is skews is shoes—I always say that word wrong— the way that teams win in the NFL. Like, you do you not have need, Icky
0: Kwanu over Evan Neal on the draft board.
1: I don't want either of those guys, is what I'm saying. Oh, like, really? I'm saying it's shoes the way teams win in the NFL. You have a guy in Walker Little who can be a competent tackle. You have a guy in Juwan Taylor who can be a competent tackle. To me, all that would be doing— would be a cosmetic decision to say, hey, we have to give Trevor Lawrence some help. Here's the help for Trevor Lawrence because there's no wide receiver that you're going to take that high overall. There's no uh, running back, obviously, you're going to take that high overall. There's no other offensive position you're taking that high overall, but you're still trying to get Trevor Lawrence some help. In my opinion, do that in free agency. You have money to spend in free agency. If you really want offensive line help, go out and pay for it. You're going to pay for the guy you know is going to be good right now. If you watched Dicky Quan on tape last year, he might not be an upgrade for you in terms of pass protection. He might not be the help that Trevor Lawrence needs right out the gate. And, and, like, if you're doing drafting a guy like that, it's because you're thinking this guy's going to upgrade and help Trevor Lawrence be that better situation he needs to develop. To me... The sort of high end players, the, the positions you want high end players, the guys who can be those elite players, is something like defensive end, where that guy is a game changer. That guy gets accounted for then by every other opposing offense he plays for. And that's Aiden Hutchins draft class. So to me, I still don't buy it. I'll believe it when I see it with Jags, number one overall. And even then, I'll believe it and say it's the same old jacks
0: Multiple draft analysts, multiple media members buying into this idea that it will be offensive tackle between Evan Neal and Iki Ikuanu. Aiden Hutchinson now plus 200 to go number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Icky is plus 600, so there is some value there. If this smoke is real, I think by the end of this week, we will not be seeing that number. I think it will be closer to plus 500, plus 400. As more media members buy into this idea, that Icky Iquano could be the number one overall pick. Another pick in this ML Kuyper mock draft that I thought was interesting, probably the highest I've seen him go, Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah, going yeah. to the Giants at seven. Every Giants fan wants offensive line, defensive line there. Grab a George Karloftis, grab a Charles Cross with those two top picks, try and get one of those guys. I've seen receiver in places maybe Drake London as high as 7 but Mel Kuyper, Devin Lloyd is Devin Lloyd, considering positional value and how good he is, and I know you have him as a top 15 top 20 player on your board, are you taking him as high as 7?
1: No, but I, I, again, like that's because uh, we're baking in positional value to a strong degree, I think he's that talented I think he's talented enough to go 7 like if you're a team that doesn't necessarily care as much about that, and I think he can I don't say transcend positional value, but like If you're looking at the linebacker position, he looks like the valuable ones. He has the body type, he has the range, he has the ability that the guys who actually are kind of that upper echelon that are almost scheme agnostic at the position look like. So, yeah, I I'm not going to debate that one too much. I think he's going to be a damn good football player. Devin Lloyd
0: and Jacoby Dean, I think you're going to consistently see you know in the top ten, top fifteen. I don't don't know about Dean.
1: I don't know about Dean because of. Like I said, he doesn't look like the ones who are the elite players in the position. Lloyd's, Lloyd does. Lloyd's 6'3". He's long. He's 235. Dean is not that guy, decidedly. He is a guy who is going to be certain guys, certain position schemes will love him, certain schemes will not.
0: I was only referencing that because uh, we're going to talk about the Daniel Jeremiah uh, Top 50 Big Board update later in the show. He has Dean now as high as 7 and Lloyd at 8. Two top 10 players, probably yeah. not factoring in positional value as much as PFF does because two linebackers inside the top 10, you'll rarely see that PFF. But I do think people are buying into those guys as the two top linebackers, obviously, in this draft. Another thing I wanted to highlight with the Mel Kuyper mock draft, he has two teams trading up in the first round to get these receivers. I just can't imagine both these trades happening, really. Browns trade up with the Denver Broncos all the way up to number 9 to grab Drake London. I think the Browns are currently picking in the 20s. And then you have the Saints trading up with Browns the Ravens. Browns are picking
1: 13, 13, right? sorry,
0: 13. Browns trade from 13 to 9 to grab Drake London. Then he has the Saints trading up to 14 with the Baltimore Ravens to get Garrett Wilson. We know Mickey Loomis loves to trade up, but to, to see two teams <laughs> yeah. trade up for receivers where I feel – Eight is probably where I want to have the first receiver come off the board. Maybe seven with the Giants, eight with the Atlanta Falcons. You see a Drake London or a Garrett Wilson come off the board. But two teams trading up for London, going to the Browns there at nine, and then Saints grabbing Garrett Wilson via trade-up with the Ravens. Do you see that happening? And I guess is that teams buying into this
1: receiver class? I, I guess both have logic in that the Browns won. Everyone was mock, mocking Drake London in the Jets. Yeah, He's a unique talent that you want that type of receiver. There's no b there's no option b in this class so it makes sense from that perspective the saints one only makes sense from the perspective that let me if loomis always trades up yeah, yeah like yeah. that's the only perspective it makes sense from with the way that roster is to trade up for one garrett wilson to me ain't putting you over the edge especially in this receiver class where there is other options who are similar type of players to garrett wilson so that one i'm not as much on board with but again saints man they 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 got a type and the type is five picks ahead of where they're at right now in that same mock draft he has Jamison
0: Williams who I thought would be you know a lot for top 20 top 25 selections falling all the way to the Green Bay Packers at 28 is that not a dream scenario for the Green Bay Packers
1: I'm getting a little I'm getting a little sweaty over here I'll be <laughs> real that would that would get me a little hot he's like what Marquez Valdez Scantling should have been mm-hmm. and they're like very similar size speed whatever's even though Jameson Williams has a little bit of a different gear and definitely has better acceleration and a far more polished wide receiver coming out. Obviously, that's why he's you know, putting up numbers at Alabama and Marcos vallis was kind of toiling at USF. But Jameson Williams, I still think he goes higher than that. Because, okay. again, speed to that degree, even if you can't necessarily know for sure that he'll come back the same after the ACL. But at 28, if that's the case, whew, Packers, Packers would be thinking they're
0: lucky stars. Only other notable I wanted to call out from Mel Kuyper's mock draft, you can check it out on ESPN.com. Make sure to look it through. The Jets grabbing Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. I think that is the highest I've seen him mock, at least in recent mock drafts. I think more people have him falling to Baltimore at 14. I've seen him mock to the Cardinals in the 20s. Do you see Linderbaum, and now in this scenario, Drake London's off the board. The Browns trade up ahead of the Jets to grab Drake London. Do they opt for another offensive lineman to pair up with Mikhail Beck and Elijah Ver Tucker and they grab their center, Tyler Linderbaum?
1: If he's, so if Drake London's off the board, and I still don't, I still think you could get Tyler Linderbaum a little bit further back. So if you could explore trade down. But I think we saw it last year with the Jets where they traded up for certainty. And I think they crave that with Elijah Ver Tucker. A yeah. guy like you know is going to be good. Maybe he's not the most valuable. Maybe he's never going to be Zach Martin, but you know he's a good guard. You know Tyler Lindenbaum is going to be a good center and good for that scheme. So, 10th overall, if you're going to, like, the position of value debate, yeah. But you're a team that has missed a lot of draft picks in yeah. the past. That's why you are where you are. So, I would not blame them for, again, erring on the side of caution with a pick like that. To really solidify that offensive line,
0: it's it's a scenario I haven't seen. But after reading that mock and that landing spot, I did come away, you know, like kind of similar to you. It's like this is kind of a Jets move, right? I do think that the Jets could talk themselves into if their top receiver is off the board, which in this case he was with Drake London, and I think that's the assumed wide receiver one in this class. Them going in a Tyler Linderbaum direction, I do think, could be where they ultimately go. Before we jump to some of the reactions to what Daniel Jeremiah has has done with his latest top fifty. Reminder that this podcast is presented by Manscaped. Can I get a round of applause? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped. Manscaped launched their Ultra Premium Collection. Believe it or not, it's not. Believe it or not, it's not for your private parts. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly secret. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care for the kit for the everyday man. It covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. I brought my Manscaped gear with me to Indianapolis. It's nice. a must. I'm excited to keep things going. I also got to shave my face. Tomorrow I'm going to come a little bit clean shaving. It's, okay, it's well, getting a little out of, uh, out of control. Let's keep the sink, the sink a little clean this We're going to keep the sink clean. We're going to keep the sink clean. Make sure you get, uh, get 20% off and free shipping with PFF with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. All right, reactions to this Daniel Jeremiah Top 50. I think there's a lot of notables in this. Iki Aquanu, the number two overall player, now on his Ooh. board right behind Aiden Hutchinson. Again, buying more into this idea that Iki Aquanu is going to be considered as the, at the top of this draft. I yeah. think it is ultimately going to be Evan Neal or Iki Aquano that comes number one overall for the Jacksonville Jaguars. With that being said, I do think that there could be some growing value on Aiden Hutchinson at plus 200, plus 250. It gets out to the plus 300 range. They could, this all could be smoke, right? This all could be smoke. Iki Aquano going up, Evan Neal going up. Maybe they do lock into defensive end. The other notable I had here in his top 10, Sauce Gardner at number four. I do think the more we talk to people coming out of the Senior Bowl, coming out of the Super Bowl, now here in Indy, Everyone is in love with Sauce Gardner as this CB one in this class, whereas PFF still one of the few outlets now Stingley. with Derek Stingley number one.
1: No, I mean I've talked about how I love this cornerback class. So Sauce McDuffie, who DJ is high on too. McDuffie's twelfth on his board. Sauce McDuffie, Stingley, those are three. And I wish Stingley was testing here because I think they'll all three just put it, be freaky in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Stingley's raw speed. McDuffie's just, like, explosiveness and seriously, I mean, for Sauce, like, his frame. Right. Yeah. He is going to come in with insanely long arms. He is going to be a unique frame at that position that you don't often see. So, yeah, I, I however you want to rank those top three, I'm not going to argue too much. Yeah,
0: I, I was talking to Jordan Reed of ESPN, and he's going to come on the show a little bit later this week. He said in his time watching Ahmad Garner or Sauce Garner live – so true that he's just like six foot two, six foot three guy that's got long arms, all this length that you want. I do think that he is going to show up lighter than maybe people expect, maybe in the one ninety, 190, one ninety five range, or even so. high, even lighter than that. I do think that he's could listed be listed at
1: two hundred this last year. thing
0: at two hundred, I do think he could come in a little bit lighter than that. I think that's what I'm hearing at least Ooh. from others. The other piece I have here, there's been growing. You know, conversation around the two Ohio State receivers specifically on Draft Twitter between Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State receiver that's this dynamic guy after the catch, and Chris Olave. In his latest big board, Daniel Jeremiah has Garrett Wilson six and Chris Olave twenty-six. I do think that is how you view the class more closely. You view Wilson over Olave, but. This, this conversation I don't think is over. I think a lot of people will still be debating Olave over Wilson, Wilson over Olave. Your reaction to that being that big of a difference, right, between those guys. I mean, he has John Dotson over Olave, which I didn't Oof. think I'd see coming. Yeah. I like Olave more than Dotson. There's conversation around Wilson over Olave or Olave over Wilson, but to see that big of a separation, that stood out to me for sure.
1: I do think Wilson, I think I said he had the most to gain here this week. I, I want to see what he checks in at weight-wise and what he runs because Daniel Jeremiah said you expect low four fours from Wilson, and obviously you expect if you're six hundred draft board, I think you're putting a guy who is that size. You expect that guy to run to low fly. four fours. Yeah, like you're not putting a guy six hundred draft board as a wide receiver who is six foot one ninety, who runs a four five one. You know, like that's just I don't know how insane you would have to be at everything else about the position to do so. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what Garrett Wilson tests like, and if he runs low four fours, man, that'd be insane. Yeah. I, I that's think be very good for us. Everyone
0: I've talked to, Ohio State defensive backs, Chris Olave himself. I mean, a lot of people talk about how Olave in a straight line is this fast receiver. than Garrett Wilson, where he has more of the dynamism. Those yeah. things, if Wilson's clocking low four fours, that's Olave high four threes yeah. at that point. And then both those receivers, in my opinion, start to see their stock elevate coming out of Indy.
1: It is the interesting thing about like the com- the pre combine process about how training for these drills and like actually focusing purely on. Weight training and physical training, as opposed to like football-specific stuff, for kind of the first time—I don't want to say the first time ever for these guys—but it can be a different mindset, and guys can actually make physical leaps. And I believe that you can buy into mm-hmm. like truthfully when they when that tape necessarily when you see a little bit different guy here than you might on tape. Two other notables
0: I wanted to get your reaction to. Jermaine Johnson, the Florida State defensive end, that was awesome at the Senior Bowl, so awesome Mm -hmm. that he ends up not even finishing the week knowing how much he elevated his stock. He's at number 11 on Daniel Jeremiah's draft board. I think he's being consistently mocked inside the top 15 now. I saw Mel Kuyper mock Jermaine Johnson to the Washington Commanders at 11. And then Daxton Hill, Michigan safety that a lot of people are buying into the fact that he's going to blow up. This combine, he has been a name that's everyone's that everyone's talking about yeah.
1: here at the combine. Yeah, I would gladly change my tune on Johnson if he far exceeds my expectations testing wise. Um, but I'm still like I still see him more as a late first guy instead of an early first. And like what I didn't actually even realize, I thought he was a senior. He's actually a registered senior. He's actually a fifth year guy coming out, so on the older end for the position as well. Like a Boye, Mafe, both those guys in that range. So both those guys can make themselves some money though with big weeks. A conversation I honestly didn't think we'd be having this draft season
0: was Trevor Penning, the Northern Iowa offensive tackle, over Charles Cross, the Mississippi State offensive tackle. He has Penning ranked 23rd and Charles Cross ranked 24th. I thought it was the big three, right? I thought it was Icky, Evan Neal, and Charles Cross, this big three offensive tackle group that could all be top ten picks. Now we're seeing Penning and Cross down there in the 20s. Do these guys fall? Do you see
1: only two offensive tackles go inside the top five? I think DJ's the only one I've really seen this low on Cross. And he's been consistently so, but every other person, pretty much that I've seen, has been has either had him in that top three conversation, if not even higher. Yeah. If not, you have him you know, number OT one, one right himself. Now. Yeah, yeah.
0: The other pieces here, and we'll get to your forty times, your props, your props that you've made up for. DraftKings doesn't have these, but Mike Graner does. Kenny Pickett is his quarterback one, the twenty eighth ranked player on his draft board, and that does really epitomize yes. what this quarterback class is. His yeah. top quarterback. Kenny Pickett, and he's not even a top 20, top 25 player on his draft board. That's how a lot of teams are viewing this class. I was just listening to um, the uh, the, G- the Broncos GM. He's like, what do you, they're like, bad. what do you think of this quarterback class? He's like, they're all good. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> not not a lot of conversation around the quarterback class right now. Um, he is comfortably in that Boye Mafe camp. He has the 33rd. The Minnesota edge defender is the 33rd ranked player on his draft board. I was going to get your take on this, Bernard Ryman. Your guy, top 15 player on the draft board down there at 37. Are people souring on the Austrian
1: monster? Yeah, he has a distinctly different spread of this tackle class, whereas I see it being, like, top three and then two lagging kind of behind but not too far off. He's got his, like, one, he's got a top two, a mid-two, and then Ryman outside, which I still like him a lot. I don't know. I'm un- unfazed.
0: Another another buzzy name here in Indianapolis is Greg Dolchich. Greg Dolchich is Jeremiah's tight end one, 46th ranked player on the draft board. A lot of people flock into Trey McBride. Some people really like Isaiah Likely. Trey McBride f- fell out of completely out of his top 50. He was previously the 42nd ranked player. Now he's outside the top 50. Mm-hmm. I did not expect him to be knocked off as this consensus tight end one. But Greg Dolchich is another name. The reason he's buzzing, he's a lot of people's tight end one, and apparently he's coming to Indy to show out. Athlete.
1: Yeah, that's that's one I'm really excited to see how he tests. Um, I think I highlight him as a guy who can raise his stock. Now, he was outside the PFF draft board purely because I um, hadn't watched enough of him at the time the last PFF draft board released. But he is a good athlete, and that's a starting point. He's a former wide receiver, and again, a tight end's a position where the guys can actually transform their bodies. Like, you know, going in, we talked about Hunter Bryant coming to the combine, adds like 10 pounds, and then slow as a rock. Like, this guy's a former wide receiver. If he can get up to 250, and I believe he was in the 240s, like high-ish 240s, um, at the Senior Bowl looking like he played around like 240 to maybe a little under on tape at UCLA. If he actually can put on good weight and maintain that athleticism, that's massive for a guy's draft stock like that. I'm still not top 50 on him, but he's probably a top 100 player.
0: The other player I want to highlight in his top 50, and then even mention some names that have slipped out, Sam Howell. QB4 on his board, the 47th ranked player on his board. I know you have him in that QB1, QB2 conversation right now. Talking to other people here... There's not a lot of love for Sam Howell, and that for me just screams opportunity, right? He shows up to this combine and really shows out in the interview process, and, 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 and shows off that Howard serving arm that he does have. I do think he could be elevating some, especially if Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jeremiah's QB one, does come back with seven-inch hands or whatever it may be. I think this is um, this is opportunity for Sam Howell, the guy, one of the few true juniors at the top of this quarterback class. I think people are still low, too low on him, too low on Sam Howell.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. Obviously, since he's QB one and PFS board. But I, I just think that if I'm going to buy into a guy who, in this class of guys who are not necessarily coming into the NFL and about to show out, like guys who are two or three years away minimum, like Kyle has valid reasons with that offense that he played with, with the talent level he played with at North Carolina to have looked rough this past year. And like... Yes, he's a kind of going to be a blank slate when he gets the NFL in terms of, like, how to set protections, the NFL these sort of things. But give him a redshirt year. Give all these guys shit redshirt years. And I think you still have a guy who has, for my money, is the most accurate in the class and the best combination of just, like, tools plus accuracy that, I don't know. I'm not high on him either, but it's just, like, yeah. I'm not high on any of these other guys. Kind of like, I don't know, G.J.'s got pick at 28 like that's yeah just kind of indicative of, of if a quarterback's 28th in draft board he's not a franchise quarterback so none of these guys are so just give me the guy these guys need time I mean, give there's... me the guy who two years from now is going to be like his fifth year breakout like kenny Pickett's was this year malik wilson's was this year that's going to be sam Howell's second year in the nfl yeah so that's what it's just kind of my feelings on that whole time.
0: last call out on dale jeremiah's new big board go to nfl.com to check that out he had roger mccreary falling completely outside his top 50. It's a guy that showed up to the senior ball with sub 30-inch arms, which could be a death knell for any outside cornerback prospect. Now falling completely outside the top 50. I am buying into that dip a little bit. I do think that McCreary is a better player than a lot of these guys that could be going at the top of the second round, especially if you do immediately you'll fit him into the slot. I do think there are concerns with his arm length, and then there are concerns that he hasn't played a lot of slot, and he hasn't played a lot of zone coverage. Right, He has played a lot of man coverage. There were multiple conversations yeah. I had with him and others at the senior bowl where he's like, I, they're asking me to do things I just didn't do at Auburn. And I'm not saying he can't do that in the NFL, but there will be adjustments based on scheme and role for Roger McCreary if he does get drafted into a zone-heavy scheme and play the slot.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you will mm-hmm. get drafted in his own heavy scheme. Like you're, you're not watching him and being like the range he ends up going. I don't think anyone, like even if he does fall to the back end of the second round, it's still going to be a team that is man or man principles that's taking him.
0: All right, before we get into your draft props here, I don't even know how we're going to go over these. Western Southern, proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast. While you focus on your roster moves, Western Southern helps you advance your money moves, buying your first home, playing to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow. Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. Before we get into the props that you made up here, Mm. I have to bring this up. I'm the bookmaker. You're the bookmaker. Yeah. Going into Indy, I saw draft props for the Scouting Combine out on DraftKings. But once you get into Indiana, I don't think you're able to bet on them because this is where the hell the Combine is held. They have, right now, minus 130 over 39.5. Uh, bench reps most here at the Combine. Leo Schnall did 40 Chanel. In twi- Chanel did t- 40 in 2020. Yeah. And the other one have is 43.5-inch vert. McDuffie's been rumored to do a 44-inch and that's minus 115 to go over. So if you're and not you're, in Indianapolis... That's anyone. Yeah, and that's anyone. Oh, okay. If you're not in Indianapolis, hammer both those over in my opinion. I don't think I can. I, I want to. I want to bet these props, but it's not available on DraftKings yet, but I would definitely bet those overs because it's not just uh, Chanel and McDuffie that could go over Hold those done. two marks. I do think that... Other players here Obviously that's not even Factoring offensive linemen Right Like Chanel is a a linebacker And I watched the video uh, Where he put up The 40 reps on 225 He also did 18 At 315 He did 18 reps At 315 Which is absolutely absurd. But let's get to Your book here Start with the quarterbacks What's the the full 40 over-unders here
1: I got Sam Howell 475 Mm Over-under Where are you leaning? I am leaning
0: Under I like the under I think Sam Howell Is more spry Than people are giving him credit
1: I'm going over I don't think he's that fast. I I would love for him to be under that. So if he gets into the four sixes, that's a good time for him. But he just seems kind of like a guy who phone bo- phone booth. Great, mm-hmm. kind of like one of those tight ends, like a uh, who was the Dayton tight end coming? M Troutman. Yeah, shake ya, whatever, knock and outrun what you, whatever, knocking out run. What did he run? He ran a four eighty two. Oh wow! All right, Malik Willis. 4.55 five, over under.
0: Under. If he runs above a 4.55, five, I don't think he tests. Like, I honestly think it's low 4.5s or he's not testing his 40,
1: period. Yeah, I'm going to lean under as well there. I think he goes in, like, the 4.53 range. Bruce Feldman's freaks said he's clocked Obviously, a 4.5 flat, but, yeah. I mean,
0: that, that's different, right? Those laser times are always different. different. I still think, though, like, he will choose not to run before he runs a 4.6. Yeah. I'll say that right now.
1: All right, Desmond Ritter, four, five, six, over, under.
0: Over. I don't think he's that fast. I, I think he's a good strider. I, I don't think he's going to be near what um, Malik Willis has. If they open the book at four, five, six, I'm hammering the over.
1: I'm going under for Desmond Ritter. Really? I think he translates better to a 40. And he's, he has good long speed. He's not a good runner, mm-hmm. but he is fast. Okay. I'm going to go 4, 5. I think he owns like a 4, 5 flat. Wow. All right, can he pick at 4, 5? 7 flat. That's
0: lighter than how I'm going over. I don't going think it's faster than that.
1: Ah, that one's tough cuz a 4-6 isn't anything special and like he had that one against the fake slide where he got out in the open field and was kind of cooking a little bit. Okay. But I'm going to say over as well. All, all right. right. All right, Carson Strong. They had to throw in one more in here. 5.1 for Carson Strong. He had to throw in one.
0: I think under. Samantha I don't think can. he's going to run the long. That's, that's absurd. I'm five, going over 4.5. Really? Five, one. You think yeah. he's that slow? Yeah. Man, that is brutal for Carson Strong. That's another situation where it's like, don't test. Yeah. <laughs> don't show that you run a five four at the quarterback position in 2022.
1: But you got to got to do it all. No, if you're a quarterback, you got to show it all. Yeah. Lamar Jackson drill. didn't. Okay. Kyler Murray didn't. Well, if you're not fast at the quarterback position, you got to okay. do it all. Okay. All right, wide receiver. Well, actually, the great story about Zach Robinson told us that he didn't want to run fast because he didn't want to get a label as a runner. Wow. So he, like, he kind of just strode out. No didn't. way. Yes. Really? Yeah. And now that's he said the, he ran slower than a a he could an offensive
0: have. assistant with the Rams now,
1: right? Yeah. He said he ran slower than he could have because he didn't want – to get confused as a guy who's like a dual threat that's absurd. i know right <laughs> incredible now in this day and age that's like the opposite all right wide receiver drake london for six i'm praying under because i love drake london and if he clocks in the four
0: fives people are going to be really excited about
1: him. i like under as well i'm going under garrett wilson four five flat From
0: what you're saying now apparently garrett wilson's running low four fours i'll buy into that too i'll take the under
1: i like the under as well chris olave four four two
0: under man, under. If you're hearing low four fours for Garrett Wilson, I every single person I have talked to has said Chris Olave is faster. Right, I'm going
1: to go under as well. Traylon Burks four four five. I'm going over. Oh, I don't
0: think Traylon Burks is going to be. I don't know. I don't think he sneaks under that. I do think that he's going to be like a true two twenty five. I think the weight's a big thing. He I could, think I think there is a good chance he tests low four fours, but to just avoid going under on every receiver so far, I'm going to go over. I'm
1: going under on Traylon Burks. I, I could see him being a slow starter though. But okay. I think it's top-end speed. I'm still not too worried. Sky Moore, four-four-five, the Western Michigan wideout.
0: I think I'm going under. I think a lot of people are saying that he should be a low four-fours guy. I think that's that's the hope. I talked to his head coach last night, Tim Lester. A lot of he's saying he's a fast dude. He's going to be a guy that can test well here.
1: All right, I'm going to go under as well. Jahan Dotson, four-four-eight, for the Penn State wide receiver. Under.
0: I think that's another under. I think you're setting these a little high. You're high? You're setting these high, dude. You're setting these high. I think we're just.
1: I'm going over for four four eight for really? No
0: <sighs> dude. If he's getting put over Chris Olave and Jeremiah's board, there's no way this guy's a four fives receiver no, one, not, there's not just no everyone way. Everyone
1: goes four four though. Okay, I'll go under for Jay, for Jahan Dotson. There you go. Jalen you know. Tolbert, four four eight. Are we
0: going under again? Tolbert's a, a is supposed to be a speedster. I'll go over. I'll go over. Maybe he's a four five flat type of guy.
1: I'm going under for Jalen Tolbert. Okay. All right, Justin Ross, four five five, Clemson Webster. Over. I like over there too. I I Speed's just not his game, Sally. George Pickens, Georgia wide receiver, 4-5. I'm not sure he's testing. but I don't think is he, he is testing. Is he not? I'm okay. going to go N-A. Okay, I'm going to go over Incomplete. If does. Let's do that. David Bell, 4-6. Under. Purdue wide Come receiver. Come on.
0: He runs a 4-6. Plus. Not. I'm going over for David really? Bell, 4-6. Really? He's going to be that kind of guy? Rough to see. Rough to see.
1: There's your wide receivers. Tight end position now. Trey McBride, Colorado over. State, 4-6-5. going over. over. Over.
0: McBride's not clear on a 4-6-5. Sorry. It's over. I'm all, I'm in I'm in on the overs. These are tough though, man. I'm I going mean, over for that. As well. I think it's going to go Isaiah
1: Likely, Coastal Carolina tight end, four seven.
0: He did show up heavier than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be. Is he, what was he two fifty? I think if he gets if he shows two forty
1: one of the senior ball, two forty one. Yeah, I think at two
0: forty, I think he could go under four seven. I think he's going to be faster than that.
1: I am going to go over four seven for really? Likely. Yeah, really? Jalen Weidemeyer, four seven five, Texas A and M tight end.
0: I have no read on this. I'm going to lean under just because that's, that's an embarrassment if he goes in the
1: four eights, man. You go four eights 8s at the tight
0: end position, you're not even being talked about. I'm
1: going over for real. Weidermeyer, four seven five. 7 Greg Dolch.
0: Maybe to stop here a little bit, maybe this is why no tight end on anyone's board's really showing up until the 40s or 50s, right? If you're not running oh. 4 5s yeah. at the position anymore, it's just no one's going to flock to you.
1: All right, Greg Dolch is four six five. Faster, over.
0: faster. He's the talk of the combine right now. I'm, nah, going, I'm under.
1: going under then, too. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Jeremy at Ohio State tight end, 4 8. Under. I'm going over. Really? I, he's a 4'9 guy? He is not Yikes. a speedster. Not Yikes. a speedster. All right, delete the tweet. Let's delete. Finishing out the
0: podcast here, Rob's just obviously speeding through. Got the delete the tweet segment. I got to a couple that I wanted to highlight here, and then the generational prospect, prospect bracket continues looking at receiver. The wide receiver one for PFF dating back to our 2015 NFL draft coverage, starting with delete the tweet. Now, someone has called out. I've mentioned a lot of Aiden Hutchinson in recent tweets and on this podcast and then someone got me with a tweet and said that your knees are going to be bruised up by the time you get out of this which I felt like was hilarious and I think I am hyper sensitive hyper aware to the fact that I am talking up Aiden Hutchinson he's the number one player on PFF Stratford and obviously doing a podcast with Aiden Hutchinson that comes out in April 22 it reminds me a lot of and one to call that out i think that's completely fair trying to trying to remove bias in this analysis as much as we can and all that stuff as we prioritize creating this project but i remember where i threw bias completely in the window when i had two interviews with obi melefonu before that draft i think in 2018 is what it was or 2017 is what it was i had two interviews with Obi melefonu and i fell in love i thought he should maybe be a top 10 pick and that was i had like so many tweets in a row, full transcripts of our interviews, quotes and all that stuff. I, I threw a tweet where, I, man, injuries derailed Obi Melifonu's chances with the Raiders. And as far as love for football, Obi gave off such a different vibe pre and post draft in my two interviews with him. Best of luck. And I tagged him at Obi Melifonu, which oh, is just no, an head. embarrassing and embarrassing display from me. Now, I will say this. You, I really Obi. liked him. <laughs> I love you, Obi. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked him as a player coming in. Sold on the interviews going in, but obviously he did
1: not pan out. Yeah. Yeah, and he panned out. violently. I think he's Didn't in the USFL out. now. All right. I think he's gonna
0: be a really good player in the
1: USFL. <laughs> Here's mine, and it's uh, it's a it's a delete the tweet and a save your likes because I said oh no, said Mike Hughes, former Vikings This is Vikings one of my lecturer. least favorite tweets from you ever. Yeah, said so Mike Hughes is a dog. Right then, just using a term that means nothing, means very little. So damn fiscal, I want that dude on my football team, not even a take. It's a, I and want only that 38 likes on team. that tweet. That tweet's horrendous. Well, you can't win them all, and I should delete it. But it's Some of the replies
0: are so good here, too. Connor Rogers, friend of the show. He's the second best core in the draft, first round grade. I think I'm right there with you. Borderline first round kid. I take a round one. My cue stinks. Whew.
1: <laughs> Tell that to the. Nope. I was going to say. It's a, Chiefs, it's a rough, it's a rough scene here in the Chiefs. delete
0: the tweet segment. You hate to see it. You honestly do. Before we get to the generational prospect bracket. Shouting out DraftKings. Hoop fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good, Mike. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets. If they win, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at the big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF and bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win that's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA must be 21 years or older minimum age and location requirements for your jurisdiction see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources gambling problem called 100 Gambler I was talking to David Safaro who's a big college basketball fan he's also our public relations manager here at PFF and he said he guarantees Kansas is winning the college basketball he's winning the March Madness winning the tournament Guarantees. Yeah. They're plus 1,200 on DraftKings right now. As soon as I got in Indianapolis, I placed some money on that. I also like Purdue at plus 900. I'm not trying to get into my basketball analysis here. But we got the four-TV setup at the I was going to say,
1: I couldn't tell you a player on any of those teams, but I am now a college basketball fan solely because of the four-TV setup.
0: Yeah, the four-TV setup. Gonzaga goes down to St. Mary's. I watched that in the four-TV setup. With, I was watching that at the, at the house while you are in Florida. I watched that game. I watched uh, the Purdue game. It was a lot of fun.
1: The four-TV setup continues to be an absolute. Did you watch Notre Dame women? Now, I'm not. I have no handle on how good Notre Dame women's basketball is this year. Like, I don't have, I don't watch men's basketball either. But they were down forty-five to four in a game. No. Against they come Louisville, back and win, and they were ranked. Yeah, they definitely come back. <laughs> forty-five to four. I've never seen anything, I've never like, seen that anything like that in my
0: life. I've literally never seen anything like that. Yeah. Caitlin Clark is the only women's basketball player I know. Oh right yeah, now, you're and She is legitimately legend. In love a legend, with her. So. Yeah. Iowa. Have you sent her any DMs yet? I haven't sent her any DMs yet. Those shots would be bricks compared yeah, to her. Yeah, but, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> The generational prospect bracket—it's a series we've been doing on the Wednesday episode in recent weeks, where we look at the top at each position, no top position player at a certain position, and rank them among the last few years that PFF okay. has done. Do you want management. me to redo that for you? That Go was ahead. pretty herky-jerky. Go ahead. So
1: the the highest-ranked player at a position every year the PFF has done a draft board, which dates so, back to twenty fifteen. Because there is eight years we've done college analysis now, and so the top-ranked players are doing receivers, and so here are the top-ranked receivers. 2015, it was obviously Amari Cooper coming out. Um, not Kevin White, sadly. But we had Amari Cooper. Even though we didn't do a draft board, the mock draft, he was the first wife you were taking that year. Corey Coleman the next year, who I'll straight up say it, when I went back through and saw him, I had forgotten Corey Coleman existed. I saw Corey Coleman, I was like, holy shit. That was 2016? That seems so recent. But it like does. that guy hasn't crossed my mind in probably three years. Uh, we
0: loved Corey Coleman coming out of Baylor.
1: That we did. That was that stupid Baylor... Bryle's offense that just he ran three routes and still ran three routes once he got to the NFL. Uh, but he was really ranked number nine. These days. PFF board. 2017 was Corey Davis, Western Michigan. Steve called him a future Hall of Famer. Steve did said he would be top five in career receptions also on draft day. Um, I think that was the
0: last time Steve had like a legitimate a bowl take. like bold
1: <laughs> like he's t- like been scarred. So let's show you how the the uh, what's the saying? How the sausage is made. made? They were like, you have to come with a bold take to start the show. And Steve's like, Coleman's, uh, Corey Coleman's top ten. Corey Davis. Corey Davis, yeah, there you go. Corey, Corey Davis, something Which about show? him. show, Sports Illustrated? What Sports we Illustrated show, yeah. yeah. And he did that. And he's not had a take like that ever since, Man. like I said. I mean, um,
0: Sam was also scarred. He wrote the article for ESPN where we saw that Tom Brady's done and it's yeah. not going to work out. And obviously he went up with, like, four
1: more Super Bowls. So that you do get scarred by some of those takes. You do. Um, 2018, Calvin Ridley. That feels 23rd. Calvin Ridley was awesome coming out. I was now, a big Ridley guy. 2019, DK Metcalf. He was 17th on the board. Wear that though, proudly.
0: Wear that proudly. Yeah. Not a lot of people had DK Metcalf as yeah. wide receiver one.
1: Suck at NFL. Got it wrong for like five straight guys before that. Um, 22 had Jerry Judy. Feeding oh, Terry's ACL. You know what, Jerry, I found out also doing this? He's only 22 still. Very oh, really? Young. Yeah. Jamar Chase comes in number six, or it was number six in 2021. Then Drake London is the current PFF wide receiver one. I don't think anyone from this year is winning, but let's match them up.
0: Immediately, Amari Cooper versus Drake London. Yeah, immediately this year goes down. Amari Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper was one of my favorite prospects to scout in that early process. I was a huge fan of him. I could never understand why people had Kevin White over Amari Cooper. And that was the year I was obviously a big Raiders fan, and everyone was like, we should go Kevin White and not Amari Cooper at four overall. And I was like, you are high. Amari Cooper is the receiver we need now. Obviously, didn't play too long in Oakland, but still, that that's obvious for me. Amari Cooper over Drake London.
1: Yeah, every time I go back and look, I kind of forget how nasty Amari Cooper was, Dude, was coming nasty.
0: out. Lane and, Kiffin running that offense, it was it was a joke. It was a literal joke.
1: 124 catches, seventeen hundred twenty-seven yards, and sixteen touchdowns. His final year, he
0: averaged like three point eight yards per run from the slot. He
1: was yeah. doing numbers. And the thing that he did back then, that I don't know, hasn't quite been his game in the NFL still kind of it but like he was dynamic after the catch too i think he led college football in broken tackles wow and i think it was like his his highest i think his usage in dallas has been a little bit different they don't like pump him screens and stuff like that back in oakland they gave him a little more underneath targets but it's he's not been the tackle breaker he once was sadly but six one two ten and that dude was speed after the catch like he was just an all-around fantastic prospect so yeah i i like Drake London, Amari Cooper is a different animal. So we're going to give it to Amari Cooper.
0: Next one here is the 2016 wide receiver one, Corey Coleman versus the 2021 wide receiver Jamar Chase. That is NFL
1: careers aside, yeah, yeah. will still s- chase though. It's still Jamar Chase. Um, chase was 19 in the SEC, fucking winning coughs So you were calling him last year like the best receiver yeah. in have proce- I you mean, ever he watched. might win this. He might win this thing because yeah. that's what I was saying last year. So Corey that was Davis.
0: Iron. Versus Jerry Judy, I lean. This one's Judy. more of a
1: com- this one's more of a conversation. Okay, this is probably the Judy. big, most debatable one to me in the first round. Um, Corey Davis had the NCAA record for receiving yards. He profiled as this like very good possession receiver, but I will say he did have speed concerns, and he had like mysterious hamstring, knee, whatever injury. He doesn't test pre-draft. So I think I do lean Judy because I love Judy, who was another sophomore Blitnikoff award winner. You know, doing that at a young age in the SEC, super dynamic route runner, who had, who had like his own sort of wasn't a perfect prospect I any means, a little bit skinnier, not a contested catch sort of guy. But, yeah, I lean Judy as well. Even, the, even Like Corey Davis, it would be revisionist history to say he wasn't a very good prospect. He was, but we were very high on Jerry Judy, though.
0: I lean Judy as well. I mean, think some people were having conversations about level competition at Western Michigan, all that stuff. I do. I will say this. If P.J. Yeah. Fleck was on here, if Corey Davis wins this whole thing, that guy
1: is uh, – If P.J. Fleck was on here, you would have changed your tune. On Corey Davis? Like, yeah, yeah. you'd I, be no, like, dude, he's, he's dude, fucking Fleck, monster. You're 100% right. <laughs> Girl,
0: honestly, like, P.J. Fleck, I think so you should win this. Mark Mariota ruined him.
1: <laughs> ruined him.
0: <laughs> Next is Calvin Ridley versus DK Metcalf. I think it's pretty obviously Metcalf here, but I was a huge fan of Ridley. I, like, really – was high on Ridley coming out, and maybe even higher on him. I don't know. Maybe I do lean Ridley. I, I really liked Ridley coming out. I thought he was going to be or too. is going to be like a phenomenal receiver. But Metcalf, after the combine, I felt like was just a different breed.
1: Yeah, I, I lean Metcalf because I, I think both were, I don't want to say safe. He's obviously never anything safe. But I thought Ridley as a route runner, you knew he could run routes. Mm-hmm. DK Metcalf, you knew that 230 pounds running a 4-3 it's going to be a fucking, like, problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: it's going to be a problem for some cornerbacks. Which he has been. And it was, like, good <laughs> enough, like, underrated ball skills, like, in terms of, like, contested catchability. So, yeah, I- I'll lean Metcalf because, like, that's where we probably value the deep ability more. So
0: I also feel he landed in a really good spot. Like, Seattle is exactly where you wanted Metcalf to be, right? He's, like, it's, I'm not saying for early Metcalf's out, like, only so, good because yeah. of his landing spot. I do think Seattle has leveraged him well, though.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I do think they kind of got, like, he can be more than that. But, like, to to immediately translate to the NFL, the route tree that he ran was, like, what you would want him to do. But I do still think he can be a little bit more than just the pure vertical guy. We're going Ridley or Metcalf, Metcalf here? All right. We're going DK Metcalf.
0: Okay, DK Metcalf. So the next round is who?
1: Mari Cooper versus DK Metcalf. Coop. Come on, that one's not a that one's no conversation. It has to be Coop. We're not even going to debate that one. Jamar Chase versus Jerry Judy. This one's more of a conversation. Chase, I don't think it but is more of a conversation. Chase, Chase just projectable NFL body. Yeah, went close. Yeah, Judy was skinny. Even though I think he, he like looks considerably bigger once he's gotten to the NFL, like he's filled out to a degree.
0: He also, by far, of all the people I've interviewed over the last like month, had the nicest watch I've ever seen in my goddamn life. That thing was like hundreds of thousands of dollars or something. I looked at, it and he's like, "Yeah, what's up?" And I was like, "Dude, I don't know. I, I felt I almost took my Apple Watch off because I was nervous. I was nervous to even be sitting You're next covering to this guy." It. <laughs> Jerry, I really appreciate you coming on. This watch was uh. absurd.
1: Yeah, Jerry, I mean, go, I'm Like, let's go chase Jamar here. Chase. Yeah. All right, Jamar Chase versus Amari Cooper.
0: I don't know, man. I'm Coop. I like Coop. I think
1: I'm going I Coop.
0: I, I, I do I, think I think Chase is maybe has potential to have a better pro career than Coop, but yeah. I I do think that Amari Cooper is the best receiver prospect I've watched over the last five, ten years.
1: I think it would be revisionist history to say Chase, agreed, because it was rookie season. Because there was a real concern over what a year off playing football. What did he do?
0: One hundred percent. I mean, know, like, people concerned was, with him separating. Yeah. People yeah. didn't think he could separate.
1: I, I didn't have – I thought he'd be good on the football field, but it's like a year off football, you just don't know what that guy's going to come back looking like. You don't know what that's going to be.
0: I'll also and, say this. Early in the pre-draft process, people were higher on Devontae Smith. Some people had waddle over yeah. chase. I mean, I do think that there was more yeah. conversation in that class.
1: I go – Coop. Cooper.
0: Dude, I think that's a jersey I want, Mike. I want a, I want a, I want, I want. an Amari Cooper jersey, a Bama Amari Cooper jersey with the nine it was hot, dude. almost was hot. I might have to go get a lot of nine A lot it.
1: of them down in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Tusk
0: that would have been that would have been awesome. That's gonna do it for episode one, live from Indianapolis. Follow along. We're probably gonna have some bonus episodes come out this week. I think we have recording time booked tomorrow. We're gonna talk with Stephen Ruiz, Jordan Reed, trying to get Dane Brugler on from the Athletic, Deontay Lee is coming, PFF analyst yeah. all the way from San Diego, Seth Galina. Gonna be a jam packed, guest packed show. Make sure you follow. We do along. a crossover. Huh? Too high
1: a tailgate. We're crossover. gonna do a little crossover, a little nice. crossover
0: section. Uh, make sure you tune along. As we go through here, wherever you find your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, Till you